got a three-part podcast here. Uh, in the first bit, I got some love for a show that you probably would not expect to hear me give some love to that show. Uh, I want to praise a show that has been a popular one in our house for some time. Then in part two, I have uh, the best content that I consumed this summer. That's the best TV show, best movie, and the best book that I read this summer. It was a summer where I read far fewer books than I have in years past. I'll blame the toddlers for that. And finally, the Goo Goo Dolls just released their latest album uh, this past Friday. And so I wanted to uh, rank the top five Goo Goo Dolls albums. I'm a big Goo Goo Dolls fan. Uh, Those who know me know that that's my favorite band and one that I really appreciate. So I thought about it and wanted to rank their top five albums. And all that's coming up next. Okay, so... In this episode, I wanted to hit on the best content that I consumed in three big categories from this summer, book, TV, movie. But before I wanted to get to that, I wanted to give some love in this episode to a show that uh, maybe one would not necessarily think that I would be giving love to as a near 30, um, I guess adult, I call myself an adult. But there is a show that when my children request this show and they go to the section of the of the house where we put up our little um, sofa thing that the kids like playing on and they go to that section of the house where that sofa is and it turns into their dance floor because Abby at one year old will dance Grace at four years old will dance and when they request Bluey guys this is an awesome show if you're not familiar with it, uh, we watch it on Disney Plus. I'm not other. I'm not sure what other avenues you could get this content, but uh, it's Bluey. It's about a family of of healer dogs, and uh, it's got four family members. So it actually works out perfectly for our family because so do we. And uh, it's a the intro of the song is what our girls like dancing to. They're the intro to the show. Sorry. And at the intro comes on right as soon as you click play with the episode. It's 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 the perfect thing to get jazzed up to watch an episode of TV. It's like it's like essentially a hype moment for a toddler. And so they start the theme song and they're all dancing. And what Kristen found out the other day was that when they are when they are dancing for this theme song, they're playing freeze tag. So If you've seen this show, you know what I'm talking about. You know what Bluey is. And you're familiar with it. If you didn't know that, now you know. She actually, Kristen woke me up at like 5 a.m. the other day uh, watching some TikTok that informed her of this, that they are all freeze dancing in in the show's theme song. And they roll through the roster of the family. You know, mom, dad, which is Abby's favorite. She'll say, da, da. And whenever each of their names is said, it's because they're out. And they were still dancing when the music stopped. But that is just a taste of what you're going to get with the show. Because uh, the writers, the producers, whoever, are so intentionally witty that the opening of the show is something that you wouldn't know. I didn't know it unless somebody tells you about it. It is such a brilliant and just clever, witty show. 
the episodes are about 10 minutes long. So it, in our, in our culture these days where people want things at the, at the drop of a hat and they want things quick and they want things speedily efficient, 10 minutes for a television show, no commercials. We, we, we don't have commercials on Disney plus. And it's kind of like our thing. Our family comes together at the end of the night and it's kind of like a reward for the children that we made it through the day. We're going to watch a little bluey before we go to bed. And uh, if we're if we're good, we'll watch two. And if we've been really good and we have lots of extra time, we'll watch three. Maybe. Maybe. That's only happened a couple times. But we really love as a family coming together and watching Bluey. I don't think Kristen watches it as intently as I do. But I have found myself having moments of frustration that I couldn't hear. I am the, I am the one in the room turning it up because I can't hear Bluey. And uh, if I'm really feeling crazy, I'll turn the captions on because I'm just so invested in what's going on in the show. They're insanely concise. They get to the point, but it's like every episode teaches you a lesson. I think Kristen was crying during this one episode where we were watching uh, because it had something to do with Bingo wanting to feel safe. Bingo is one of the characters. Bingo wanting to feel safe at night and mother is there for you or something. And then they played some song that we've heard in church before, which prompted us to go down the wormhole of trying to figure out what song that was. But they are just so, it's such an intelligent show. Uh, There was one episode that I really appreciated it. They're all very basic name shows, one, two, maybe three words. And there was one episode, I think it's called store. And, um, it's the children going to the store. And first off, the parents in the show are unbelievably patient with their children, which is cool to watch what awesome parenting looks like. Not that we're not awesome parents, you know, but uh, they're so patient and they're such good parents and they do so many cool things. Kind of gives you ideas as a parent of what you could do with the kids, uh, making forts and such. But this episode, Store, I forget the exact premise, but basically they go to the store and, and Bluey wants to be in charge. Bluey is the titular character, that the, the older of the two children, um, and she's very got a lot of energy and crazy imagination. And she wants to be in charge at the store. But the cool part as an adult, as a parent, is I enjoyed the episode because they splash in these little moments of parents getting exasperated or uh, as a parent there are Tremendously relatable concepts in this show. There was another episode where the mom is just trying to get out the flipping door to go to the park. And the children keep coming back to her with, well, this is an issue. And then she handles that. And then the next issue pops up. And boy, was that relatable and relevant as a parent. So I know season three just dropped on Disney Plus a couple days ago. We're still churning through the back half of season two in our house. But we really love Bluey. Uh, If you're going to Vegas to play some bets, it's the early front runner for the Costello family to to dress up as that for Halloween. Because we've got Dad, who's obviously my favorite character. Got Mom. uh, And then we've got Bluey. And we got Bingo. And so at our house, we sing Abby. And Gracie instead of Bingo and Bluey. It's a it's a delightful show. 
I really enjoy it. And uh, season three just came out. So I don't know if you need a 10 minute show, if you need a new show to put on your docket that you really want to just check something out that I rambled here for way more longer than I intended about. It's, it's a terrific show. I would recommend it's not the best thing I watched this summer though. And that's coming up next. So we uh, we went back to school today. I'm recording this Monday evening, and we went back to school today, and it was a great day. We had students back in the building. Uh, summer is over, boys and girls, which means we are back at school. Uh, get your notebooks, get your pens, your papers. And so what that means for me, too, is it's the end of summer, obviously. And uh, I thought about that last week or so, last weekend leading up to this first day, and I thought about what is what is – of the three categories of things that I consumed as a, as a content machine this summer, what were the best, best of the three main things, uh, three main categories that I consumed this summer? Those three main categories being movie, TV show, and then book. So I thought about it. And the first book that came to mind, it's easy for me as, as to what was the best book that I read this summer. And I mentioned this to a couple colleagues at my school. I'm in the English department, so they, they all ate up the suggestion. Uh, I guess I don't know. Maybe, maybe, maybe they did. Maybe they read it. Maybe they're not going to. But I threw it out there. And so the best book that I read this summer that I would strongly advocate for folks to read, if you're interested, if if you're a reader, if you're interested in the topic that I'll lay out here, is uh, a book by a guy that I've recently taken uh, a much stronger liking to his writing, and that's Chuck Klosterman. Uh, it was a book called The '90s. I've mentioned this to a couple folks. The '90s by Chuck Klosterman. He is a brilliant fella. Um, it's, it was such a smart read for the decade in which I grew up, the 90s. Um, I was born at the beginning of the decade. Uh, but what Klosterman argues fairly early on is that uh, the 90s didn't start in 1990 or 1991. Um, he, he, he mentions a specific time uh, moment in history in which the 90s started, and then his moment in which the 90s ended is not even in the decade that we know to be the 1990s. Uh, and it's, it's a very powerful ending to his book that he wraps it all up. It's a very re- revelatory read. Uh, it, it was also really engaging in a way that I, I feel like nonfiction usually is not. Uh, nonfiction can be very uh, dense and difficult to uh, speedily read through, as I'm finding in my new adventures reading a lot of nonfiction. But I, I didn't feel like this particular book was that way. I, I thought it was a f- fairly quick nonfiction read, which was kind of a nice change of pace. It was kind of neat. He, he broke the book up into uh, big chapters that talk about big concepts or big uh, blips of history that came out of the 90s. But then he also has these somewhat smaller uh, tangent chapters that, that uh, kind of go with the big concept that from the big chapter. He covered a wide range of politics, sports, music, other culture things, movies. Um, and, and I just feel like in general reading make, reading his works make me feel so much smarter, which is kind of cool. Uh, if you're into reading, you're probably, I'm going to guess, into the idea of feeling smarter when you do read. I'm, uh, I'm to that point then with Klosterman, I'm also reading now one of his his books of short fiction, his, his short stories. And man, that's good. It's called Raised in Captivity. I'm carried around the school building today with me uh, as, as I am prone to reading when I get a chance. And that's a good one, Raised in Captivity by Chuck Klosterman. Another honorable mention here, I want to throw out The Cat's Pajamas. Ray Bradbury is a big big uh, favorite of mine. I love Bradbury. 
and uh, some of his short stories in this collection of short stories, The Cat's Pajamas, some of the short stories were a little bit better than others, which is why I didn't totally love that one entirely. But there's an especially good one about this couple that travels back from the future uh, trying to avoid their reality, only they have to deal with the early ramifications of their uh, of, of the reality they know in the past where they ended up. So I really enjoyed those books that I read this summer that got me thinking uh, that were short stories, short fiction, as well as, uh, as that nonfiction 90s book by Klosterman. The best movie that I, that I watched this summer, I actually just watched. Uh, I finished it up Friday night. So Friday, uh, <laughs> Kristen and I both needed a break. So uh, no, not necessarily from each other, but just from the noise and the, the hustle of the week and uh, the commotion of the week. So I don't know, she watched Big Brother or something in one room and I watched a movie in the other room and I had my popcorn and my chocolate milk. It was a, <laughs> a great Friday night, chocolate milk, movie, popcorn. Uh, and I watched The Atom Project on Netflix. This is a movie right up my alley. Um, it's a, a sci-fi techie adventure thriller. Uh, it's got some comedy in there. It's got some really good feel-good moments, uh, particularly one near the end of the film. Um, but it kind of it kind of touched in a couple different genre categories, so that was neat. It was it was something that definitely is in my wheelhouse. Some I, I looked into this movie. Some interesting things about it. It uh, is actually released in February, so it's not anything new, folks. It's it's on Netflix called The Adam Project. A D A M Adam. And it was a movie that was originally put together. The idea came about, and I think it was 2012, uh, so quite a while back, with Tom Cruise projected to star in the lead and uh it was put into uh what i forget the exact term something like movie purgatory which just sits around and doesn't have producers doesn't have people to spearhead the movie until um sometime in 2020 so this is eight years later when netflix picks it up from paramount and says yeah we'll roll with it uh, it's ryan reynolds filmed by sean levy who i also watched ryan reynolds sean levy tag team it in uh, Free Guy this summer, which that was a good one too. Just leaned a little bit more video gamey. And uh, I'm a big Ryan Reynolds fan. I, I enjoy his works. I think he's he's entertaining. I think he's funny. And I think he provides a good time at the movies. He's terrific in this one. It's quite the flashy, fun movie. And I thought Mark Ruffalo was real good in this one as well. Um, those of you Marvel fans might know him obviously is the Hulk in the Marvel Universe. And then I thought it was a really, really cool performance by uh, this 13-year-old kid named Walker Scoble. And this is just his third ever project, third thing that he's ever been in. And I thought he was uh, really sensational for being that young and being so uh, new to the f you know film and television scene. The uh, he, he portrayed the younger... Uh, quippy Ryan Reynolds character, and he thought he did a great job. So uh, I would strongly recommend Adam Project. If you're into that sort of thing, you know, sci-fi, techie, thriller, adventure. And then uh, probably honorable mention, I, I watched another Netflix, The Gray Man by the Russo Brothers. Also some Marvel crossover uh, fame for the Russo Brothers with Infinity War and Endgame from the Marvel Universe. And The Gray Man was, was Ryan Gosling. Chris Evans, and Ryan Gosling plays this 
wildly believable uh, straight man where he doesn't provide much emotion or dialogue. And he's, he's very believable. It's a good plot. Again, it's pretty flashy. You got some good action sequences. Um, but I thought that one probably was going to be my winner until I watched uh, The Adam Project this past weekend. And then I liked Lightyear. We watched that one last weekend with the girls on Disney+, Plus, the uh, Buzz Lightyear film. And I, I love the Toy Story universe. Uh, 1995's Toy Story was one of the first films I actively remember watching, enjoying at a young age. And so this was, I, I don't really know why we needed this Lightyear movie, but I thought it was quite believable that this could have been the movie that Andy watched before he got Buzz Lightyear, as is the premise. I thought there was a cool Zerg twist in this movie as well. I thought that was interesting. A Zerg twist. Alright, and then my, my last category here is best show I watched this summer. And I went back and forth on this one a, a good bit. Because we watched two Hulu shows. We're, we're in the middle of watching one called Dope Sick on uh, Hulu. We just watched one episode, but it was pretty good. I uh, just need to keep going with that one. But we're, I was between two Hulu shows, one being an FX show that, that played on Hulu and one being a Hulu original. So I'll give the first one, but then I'm going to give the second one. I think that's the one I ended up enjoying the most. So the first one we watched was The Dropout on Hulu. It stars Amanda Seyfried as uh, Elizabeth Holmes from uh, the infamous Theranos group. And I, I actually read the book that went with this show as well. I read the book back in 2020. So I was kind of excited when I knew they were coming out with a show. And uh, Amanda Seyfried as, as Holmes was, oh man, she was oh, spot on. Her impersonation was crazily accurate, um, having seen some interviews of Elizabeth Holmes herself. And uh, yeah, Seyfried was, couldn't have picked somebody to do it and do it better. Spot on. We got to see, um, I thought it was, a great role for Naveen Andrews, who played Saeed and uh, Lost back in the day. And I, I enjoyed seeing Naveen Andrews uh, reborn as a character that's so unlike Saeed from Lost. As the character of Sonny Balwani. And uh, like I said, I read the book. I was still very much intrigued throughout this entire series, which tells you how good a series it was. That it was based on a book, but the series held up. I, the way I boiled it down to it was, which of these two shows, if I hadn't watched this summer, would I have been more disappointed to have missed out on the experience of watching it? And so the show that I, that I ended up on, uh, that I settled on, is the one that I enjoyed the most this summer, was the other one here, which is The Bear, uh, on, on FX Hulu. Guys, it was really good. Uh, Jeremy Allen White was in Shameless. He's the lead actor. He was friggin' fantastic. So captivating as a character in that role for for uh, him it's a really good supporting cast too had this gal named uh, Ayo Atabari as this as this uh sort of failed chef yet try hard wannabe yet really brilliant chef Sydney and it had I mean just a, such a good premise I like a good half hour show and we just, Kristen and I watched that, blew through it in about a week and a half, including some time at the beach. We watched that at the beach. Really good show. 
highly recommend that one. That was the best thing I watched this summer was The Bear on Hulu. And the ending was intriguing enough that we both appreciated it while also not fully understanding it, which to me as a literary person is right in that realm of highly enjoyable. So that's it. Best book I read this summer, The 90s by Chuck Klosterman. Best movie I watched this summer, The Adam Project on Netflix. And the best show I watched this summer was The Bear on Hulu. Okay, so last up for this episode, I wanted to, I, I saw the, the Goo Goo Dolls, I've been waiting for it for a while. Uh, the Goo Goo Dolls, my favorite band, released a, a new album this past, uh, sitting here on a Monday, this past Friday, they released a new album, and it's one I'd been looking forward to for a little bit. They've somehow pumped out four albums here in the last three-ish years, uh, including one very forgettable Christmas album. Sorry, guys. But the last two albums before that I uh, wasn't a huge fan of. I thought they kind of got away from the, the sounds, the vibe of the music that put them on the map originally and really cranked out some bangers in the late 1990s, early 2000s. And so I was really looking forward to this new album. The one single that had dropped from it, I really enjoyed. And I was hoping that they would get back to that more classic Goo Goo Dolls vibe, and they did. And uh, I, I mentioned to a buddy that uh, I thought it, at least three quarters of the album, this new album, was 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 good, if not great. And then uh, it could be argued that maybe 90% of the album was good. That, uh, with any album, you're going to get one or two songs that maybe are not great. And uh, I thought, you know, I don't, I don't know what others are thinking of the album out there. I don't know where, where critics stand on it. But me personally, as a guy who likes the Goo Goo Dolls and enjoys their kind of sound and vibe, this new album did it for me. I was excited about it, and it delivered. I thought it was pretty solid. And so that made me think, got me thinking the other day, what, uh, what are their top five albums? Where would we rank some of the best of the Goo Goo Dolls? And so don't worry, I put that together for you here. So here we go. The top five Goo Goo Dolls albums um, in, my, in my view. And I'm going to start with one. So I know you could do descending, five to one, one five. No, we're going we're gonna to start with the bangers. Uh, the OG classics here at the top. And so I will heretofore make the case that the best Goo Goo Dolls album is 1998's Dizzy Up the Girl. Uh, you get Dizzy on that album, which makes sense, goes with the title of the album. You got Slide, uh, last Goo Goo Dolls concert I was at. They, they just started the intro chord for this on the guitar, and the place just went nuts. Uh, that's, a, that's a great one. Slide. Uh, you get Broadway on this album, which is, again, just classic Goo Goo Dolls sounds, vibes. Maybe my favorite Goo Goo Dolls song on this album, so maybe I'm partial, but Black Balloon on this album. But if it's not Black Balloon, my favorite song of the Goo Goo Dolls is Iris, which is probably a cop-out because I'm sure that's a lot of favorites for a lot of folks. So there you go. There's obviously more songs on that album, but... In my stance, if you have an album of 12-ish songs and five are those five, Dizzy Slide, Broadway, Black Balloon, and Iris, that's the best Google Dolls album. That's maybe three of their most recognizable songs, Iris, Slide, uh, Broadway, arguably. 
So that to me, Dizzy up the girl, 1998. Uh, so late 90s, Goo Goo Dolls finding their stride, and they, uh, to me, hit it with that album. So then my second best Goo Goo Dolls album, I'm going to jump ahead about a decade and go to 2006. And that's when we get Let Love In, where it's more of a laid-back album, uh, but there are some very heartfelt pieces on on this album. Probably some ones that uh, you would recognize too as the as the casual Goo Goo Dolls uh, fan, maybe. So we get Stay With You in this album. We get Let Love In, which is an underrated classic. We get Feel the Silence, which is a solid uh, kind of kind of chill vibe. Uh, we get Better Days, which is one that comes up all the time with a lot of uh, heartfelt montages. We get Live a Little Bit. Or give a little bit. That's a typo. Give a little bit. And then this is probably my favorite Goo Goo Dolls song that isn't one of those mainstream ones, which is uh, Can't Let It Go. Love that one, uh, which is on that album, Let Love In from 2006. This one, to me, uh, is not the best Goo Goo Dolls album, but is more of a complete album from the, uh, from the Dolls. Third best album go to 1995 so this was just before they hit the peak in my opinion in 1998 1995 a boy named goo long way down naked flat top name ain't that unusual eyes wide open so in in my perspective 1995 they were figuring it out got a top three album 1998 the cream of the crop and then we get to 2002 which is to me their fourth best album which is Gutterflower. And Gutterflower is, again, more of a, a chill album. Not as many uh, upbeat songs as, say, 98's Dizzy Up the Girl or 95's. Uh, maybe more hard rockish, Boy Named Goo. But Gutterflower in 2002 gives us Big Machine. That's a good one, guys. Here is Gone. Pretty classic. And then Sympathy, which is one that folks sometimes know as one of the uh, maybe more, one of the more maybe recognizable Goo Goo Doll songs. And then uh, the fifth spot was tough because a lot of that stuff is, I believe, fairly recognizable. People know a lot of those. Um, but to me, fifth, I went to Something for the Rest of Us, which is... Maybe a little bit of a homer pick, considering I played this one all the freaking time in high school. Coming home, playing Call of Duty, listening to this album on repeat. But the melodies, the lyrics are somewhat reminiscent to the uh, late 90s, early aughts hits that they ran. And uh, it's it's a very good album across the board. Uh, something for the rest of us from 2010. So that's it. Just a quick, my top five Goo Goo Dolls albums. I listened to a lot of albums. I listened to a lot of albums all the way through, kind of the way the music was designed when the artist originally created it. So I got 98, Dizzy Up the Girl, 2006, Let Love In, 1995, A Boy Named Goo, 2002, Gutterflower, 2010, Something for the Rest of Us. All I know is I hope we keep getting Goo Goo Dolls content for the long run. Really appreciate that band. If you haven't checked them out, I don't know why that would be the case if you just listened to all that, but uh, definitely go check them out and their new album. Worth it.
check it out. Take a listen. Thanks for listening.